Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap. Praise the Lord. Take your Bible while you're standing there. And you know what? Go ahead and be seated. I've got a story to tell. I'm so blessed to get to stand here tonight and declare God's word to you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go out and look at the moon. Does anybody know what's going on with the moon tonight? Anybody paid attention? In case you haven't, tonight is a super moon. It's the biggest one of the year. Not only is it a super moon, it's a blood moon. If you're not familiar with what that is, it's an eclipse of the moon. And not only is it a super moon blood moon, it's on a Jewish holiday. Hmm. Not only is it on a Jewish holiday, it's the fourth one in a row. It is an amazing event. I hope the clouds go away so I can go out there and see it. Either way, it is God screaming from the sky that what he said a long time ago is going to take place. It's amazing that the God who created the universe, who doesn't live in time and space like we do, spoke into time and space, looks at it like it's a book, and tells us what the ending is going to be like, and tells us, when you see these things, look up, because he's returning. So exciting. I got goosebumps standing right here. And I'm kind of cold in here too, so my hands are cold. I haven't acclimated yet, but that's not why I got goosebumps. It's because God is real, and what he has said is going to take place. Hallelujah. Are you trying to scare me, Pastor Kirsten? I don't know. Are you scared? I'm not. I'm so excited. Praise the Lord. A few weeks ago, we started KSM. KSM is our King's School of Ministry, and we started this semester, and our students are, are getting started on this semester's projects and class and stuff, and we had an orientation. And at that orientation with the students, I shared in brief what I believe what God wants me to declare to you today, and uh, I, I spent some time asking God, are you sure, God? I shared it at, at that orientation. Are you sure that's what you want me to so I believe this is what God wants all of us to hear today, and I believe this is a good word for you. But before you hear from the word, you've got to hear what happened to me when I was a boy. When I was a boy, I was about 10 years old. I was in the fifth grade. In the fifth grade in our school, I'm from Oklahoma, actually. It's where I was born and grew up. Uh, in the fifth grade, you had the privilege to select a band instrument to play. And you got to pick any instrument you wanted. And if your parent would buy it, if they bought it, you got it, that was it. However, there was one stipulation. Whatever you picked on that day is what you pay, played all the way through your senior year in high school. You didn't get to change. Oh, that's pretty tough for a 10-year-old to pick. Well, it wasn't tough for me. I knew. 
I knew what I wanted to play. I wanted with everything that was in me to play the drums. That's right. I went home and asked my mom, Mom, now, we, we, we didn't have very much uh, money growing up. And sometimes lunch was a mustard sandwich. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Pastor Vince, you know what I'm talking about? I, I heard you, but I can't see him, but you're on him. Whoa! And so my mom put enough money together to buy me the instrument I want. I mean, this was a dream come true. I was going to play the drums. See, I had a dream that I wanted to be in a rock band. I'm going to date myself right now, but just go along. You, can, you know what I'm talking about. I wanted to wear the big hair, the makeup, the spandex, and rock out on that stage at 10 years old. And I was going to pick the drums, and I was going... Lovey loves, lovey loves. I'm so sorry I didn't see you. This is my wife. Minister Kimmy, please come on up here. I'm so glad you made it in here. Minister Kimmy oversees our uh, early childhood ministries, our nursery and our preschool. And it is busy and it's busting at the seams. And God is adding. We're so thankful your children are here. We love kids. We just went and visited Charlie today. She had a, uh, her baby today early. And it is a, just an amazing testimony. I'll wait and let her share it with you so that uh, uh, you don't look at her and go, oh, yeah, I know already. You need to hear her tell a testimony of how God, awesome God is today. Kids choir is rolling. We've got a big outreach coming up. Make sure you got your kids here on Wednesday night. Uh, so they can be a part of the glow show that's coming up. We're going to try to get as many kids in there as we can. Love you, loves. Thank you. So here I was. I was going to pick the drums. Going to go through high school, play the drums. And when I graduated, I was going to be in a band. That was my dream. And I, that's what I wanted to do. So... The day came to, by the way, I have on the same jacket I wore last week. I wore it on purpose to irritate those of you that wonder how many jackets pastors have. My calling is not children's ministry. It's to irritate people, and I'm really good at it. I just do children's ministry on the side when I got extra time. <laughs> just kidding. Kind of. So here I was, and it was time. The day came to choose the instrument, and all the fifth graders were there, and it was so exciting. And I'm there with my mom, and she'd saved up money to buy me this drum kit thing, whatever it was. And so I'm standing in line behind one of my friends, and oh, we're all, what are you going to play? Oh, I'm going to play the saxophone. Oh, what are you going to play? I'm going to play a flute. Oh, I'm going to do the clarinet. Oh, I'm going to. And it's my turn, and I look, and I say, I wonder who's taking orders up there. I wonder who it is at the end of the line at the table. And I look up there, and I just lost my breath because it was the high school band teacher. 
And he was enormous, and I was scared of him. He was really big, and I was really small. And I was like, oh my, i got to go talk to that guy. Couldn't it be somebody else? So every, everyone that I got a little bit more shakier, a little more shakier, another step. Oh my goodness, i got to talk to him. Okay, all i got to do is say drums. That's all i got to say. If I can just say drums, then I can get out of this. His name was Mr. Gregory, and I was terrified of him. And I got a little closer. It's almost my time. It's almost my time. And I got a little closer. Here it comes. And I finally get up to the table, and there he is, the terrifying, very large band, high school band teacher. And here I am, a really small, frail, 10-year-old, having trouble saying drums. And he looks at me, and he says, young man, what is it you would like to play? Drums. He looks at me, looks at his paper, looks at me, kind of gives me a once over. And he says the most heartbreaking words to a 10-year-old with big dreams of rocking it out with big hair and spandex. He says to me, this is not a I'm not kidding. He says to me, we don't need any more drummers, and you got fat lips. We need you to play a brass instrument. Okay. I'm going to do whatever he says. He's bigger than me. Tells me I got fat lips. We need you to play a brass instrument. How would you feel about playing a trombone? So I walked out of that fifth grade room with a trombone. And I played that trombone and hated every day of it. And I would sit in band. I mean, I won awards. I got trophies. I got jackets. I got things on my jackets and hate every one of them. Because that ain't what I wanted to do. And I would play on the marching band going across the field. And I couldn't hear the song. I could only hear one thing. Somebody else playing the drums. I'd hear those tritoms go off and I'd just like, ah! Why? It's not fair. It's not what I wanted. <sighs> then I got another opportunity. To do something I really wanted to do. I'm, we're going to read the Bible in just a second. Hang on. You need to hear this. You got stories just like this. There's a story just like this that is absolutely going to speak to us tonight. Bear with me. So here I am in high school band. Playing that blessed trombone. Putting my spit down in it. And not Karen. <laughs> Fill it up. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, 
the, I was a freshman, ninth grade, and our drum major had just graduated, and so our band teacher, the big guy I was terrified of, comes up to me and said, hey, have you ever thought about being a drum major? Does anybody know what that is? It's the guy conducting the band. <gasps> what, me? Wow. Oh my. We'd like to pay for you to go to drum major school and be our next drum major. Oh, my goodness. I went to this camp. They taught me how to clap. I didn't know how to clap, I guess. They taught me how to clap. They taught me how to count. Wow. To four. Sometimes six. <laughs> I'm not supposed to make myself laugh, but this is funny. So I came back from, from the drum major camp, and I was a few months away from school starting, and there was drum major tryouts. And I thought, I got this in the bag. I went to the camp. So months goes by. I'm at drum major tryouts, and it's me and two other people. And I went up there, and I, I mean, I counted. I, did, I clapped. And I, 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 it was awesome. I stood outside there confident. They're going to make me the next drum major, and I'll get to be drum major for four years till I graduate. This is going to be awesome. And I go in to meet the band teacher to hear the results of the tryouts, and he says to me, you know what? You're just too young. We're going to let somebody else do it. But you were the best. I'm telling you a true story. I'm not making it up. You got stories just like that. Me too. We're going to take a look at a story just like that in the Old Testament. Take your Bible, if you would, and why don't you look at the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. And I want you to look at a very, very interesting story. Why don't we stand together as we read the word. First Samuel chapter 9. Why don't you find that? And I'm going to read just a few short verses, then we're going to pray. And then I'm going to share with you what I believe God, what, what God wants to, what God wants us to hear. Let's pray. Did I, let's read. Is this in the right spot? Two, two, two. Can you hear me? I can't hear myself. Samuel Excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter 9, let's look. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of but some other people. He had a son named Saul. We're on verse 2. He had a son named Saul, an impressive young man, without equal among the Israelites, a head taller than any of the others. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. Everybody say, oh, what a shame. And Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went on into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Bummer. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them there. Somebody say, oh. 
We're going to pray because this is just really sad. Let's pray. We got some lost donkeys and we need Jesus to help us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, I thank you for this story. It speaks to us. Lord, help me, God, to communicate what it is you have put in me. Help me to get it out so that we can all hear. God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So here he is, Saul being a faithful son, going out. You may be seated. Going out and obeying his dad, doing what he was assigned to do. The donkeys were missing. Now we're going to read a little bit more in just a second, so don't lose your place. But the donkeys are missing. It's a sad day in the house of Kish. And so he sends his faithful son to go look for the donkeys. And so he goes all over the place, lists all these locations that he had to travel, and he's looking for these donkeys, and he just can't find them. And he's got a servant with him. And together they've packed about a day's worth of food, and, they're, <clears throat> and they've been looking for the donkeys. And everywhere they look, they can't find them. And so they go a little farther, and they can't find them and they go over there and they can't find them and oh, they're getting frustrated and where are these donkeys you think it would be easy to find a herd of donkeys you think you could hear them or find their tracks or you, maybe you think you could smell them I don't know but the donkeys surely can't be that difficult to find you would think go up on a mountaintop do you see any donkeys no look over there let's go hiking no donkeys. Take a look at verse 5. What we're going to see is this is an absolute setup. That these donkeys missing isn't just some random thing of donkeys that lost their way. But let's get there. Because what we're going to see is uh, the next part. Part 1 is the setup. The donkeys are missing. Verse 5 is the next part. When they reached the district of Zuf, Zuf. Okay. Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come. <sighs> Let's go back. Or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. He's so frustrated. He's looked all day, and it just ain't going right. And right now, he's just ready to quit and throw in the towel. I give up already. I can't find them. I've done my best. It just ain't worth it. I'm giving up. My dad's going to start worrying about me now. Let's just go back. I'm embarrassed by my report. I don't have the donkeys anywhere. Dad's going to be upset, but I give up already. Sometimes we feel that way when we've been on a task or in a situation that seems hopeless. Sometimes we want to have the same attitude. I give up already. But let's look what happens next. He had somebody with him to encourage him. Let's take a look at verse 6. But the servant replied, look in this... Okay, but the servant replied, look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected 
and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. So disappointed and discouraged Saul, ready to give up and quit life, Saul, has somebody in his life saying, hey, let's go ask. Are you taking my picture? Let's go ask God what he thinks. This is the Old Testament time. And if you wanted a word from God, you had to go find the prophet. You had to go find the seer. And you had to take a, a gift to them. And there was protocol for it. And they would give, believe God to give you a word. So he has this man to encourage him. And so he gives, gives it a second chance. All right, fine. Seems hopeless, but you got some hope. Let's go over there. Take a look at verse 10. Verse 10. Good, Saul said to his servant. Come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. Their original intention was to just give up and go back. But... For a moment, they're going to give God a chance here to do something. Verse 14, let's skip down to there. They went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel. Ah, coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now, side note. Saul doesn't know what we're about to read. He's showing up super frustrated, super discouraged, super ready to quit and give up. And he's just there on a, his servant's hope. And he doesn't know what's about to take place. All he wants to, is to find his donkeys. He's fixed on the donkeys. But God is at work. In a way that Saul never, ever thought would take place. It never even entered into his mind that God could do something that he's about to do. And Saul is about to run into a life-changing, destiny-altering encounter with Samuel. Now let's take a look at what God has already got set up. Because Saul doesn't know this. Verse 15. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him leader over my people Israel. He will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked upon my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord spoke to him. This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel, not knowing any of that had taken place. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and said, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? You got to say it like you're super discouraged because he's like full depression, nuclear DEFCON 3 depression here. (laughs) 
Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer. Reply, Samuel replied, Rome verse 19, Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning I will let you go and tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, don't worry about them. They have been found. Saul just wants the donkeys. Now he finds out he's supposed to be at a dinner. Samuel's got a dinner ready for him. That's great. Where's my donkeys? I don't want dinner. I've been searching all day. I wanted the donkeys, and I want to go home. That's what Saul's thinking about. He's got to be perplexed at what is going on here. Standing in front of him, Samuel starts talking about he's got a meal prepared for him. You're right on time. Go run up. We're waiting for you. What is going on here? Don't worry about the donkeys. Let's keep going. This is an astounding passage of Scripture. Verse 20, As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, don't worry about them, they've been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and all your father's family? He's basically telling them, you're the most important person in this whole nation right now. Wait a minute, wait a minute, this is confusing. Keep going. Saul makes an excuse. What are you talking about? Verse 21. What are you talking about? Don't you know I come from the tribe of Benjamin? And I'm like the smallest of the clan and down at the bottom? You, you're mistaken. <clears throat> Here we go. Verse 22. Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them where? At the head of the table. Of those who were invited, about 30 in number, Samuel said to the cook, Bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. I am, this is absolutely astounding to me. Saul is absolutely set up. He thinks his life is over, and he's the worst failure in the world because he can't find the donkeys. He doesn't really want to go home and tell Dad about it, but Dad might be worried, so I'm going to go home anyway. I, I quit. I give up. Shows up, and Samuel says to him, We've all been waiting on you. Come on up. He shows up. There's a seat at the head of the table for him. And Samuel says to the cook, all that food I told you, now's the time to bring it out. He's here. This is absolutely amazing. At that dinner, let's read it. And then I'm going to share with you some things about this story. At the dinner, so the cook, verse 24, so the cook took up the leg with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, here is what has been kept for you. Eat, because this was set aside for you for this occasion. 
From the time I said, I have invited guests. And Saul dined with him that day. He's got to be confused. What is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. So he stays the night with Samuel. The next day he gets up. Samuel tells him, tell your servant to go on ahead. So he does that. I, I want to give you a word from God just from you, just for you. So his servant goes ahead. Saul stays there. Samuel grabs the jug of oil. We're now in chapter 10. Saul, Samuel grabs the jug of oil, pours it over him, and anoints him king over all of Israel. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just looking for some donkeys. I think you got the wrong guy. Where's the donkeys? I still haven't found them. I, I still don't have them to take back to my dad. Can you wipe this off, please? I just need the donkeys. That's Saul's perspective of what took place. Let's look at what God had in mind. Because in God's great orchestration, the donkeys had to be lost. In God's great orchestration, the donkeys were lost on purpose. They couldn't be found on purpose. Well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it absolutely does make sense. There was a dinner that God had to get Saul to. He'd already set it up. He'd already got people invited sitting there waiting. The cook has already fixed the food just for the guy at the head of the table. God's great orchestration sometimes looks like our frustrations. Sometimes looks like situations that make us want to say, I give up already. But lo and behold, if those donkeys weren't lost, and if he, or if they were and he found them, he never would have been at Saul's table. Samuel's table, excuse me, Samuel's table. They both start with the letter S, so I'm getting them confused. In your life and in mine, God has us completely orchestrated to get us to a destiny where he wants us to be. And sometimes he won't let you play the drums that you really wanted to play. Because down the road, if you'd have gotten to play the drums, you would have absolutely worn the hair and the makeup and the awesome spandex, but totally missed what he really had planned for you. If I would have played the drums when I was in 10 years old, I know I would have been really good. Because it was in me. I still want to play them. They're talking to me right over there. I might even sneak in there. Don't tell Minister Micah. Shh. If I would have played the drums on that day, that one day, 
Instead of being told I had fat lips, there would have never been a Harry talking to kids. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of children have heard the gospel because I didn't play the drums on that day when I was 10 years old. God is the great orchestrator. If I would have gotten selected, even though I was the best drum major at the tryouts, it was absolutely God's design that that band teacher thought I was too young to be the drum major. I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have met her. Whew. Praise God. Praise God for that terrifying big drum ma big band teacher that scared me. I would have never met her. I'd have never had my precious kids that I've got. Saul had some lost donkeys. And those lost donkeys were very frustrating to him. Made him want to quit. He had somebody in his life that had enough courage and boldness to say, don't quit just yet. Let's go see what the man of God says. I'm here to say that to you today. You may feel like Saul. Now, you've probably not been looking for any donkeys. Don't know. Maybe you have a lot of donkeys. But maybe it's something else. Maybe you've been very frustrated about things that didn't go your way that you really wanted them to go your way. Maybe you're super discouraged like Saul that you failed at something. I'm here today to tell you, like that man said to Saul, let's go see what God says about it. It could be the tool to get you right where you need to be, right on time, and you walk in the door and all of a sudden realize it was never about the donkeys. It was about God's plan for me to sit at the head of the table and for the anointing to come on my life and for me to be walk into my destiny, thank you, God, that you lost those donkeys for me. That's you and me. God has us set up. He absolutely has us set up. Either he's God and he's awesome and he knows everything, or he's not. Either his plans are good and I can trust him, whether the donkeys are nowhere to be found or not. Or he's not that person. But I'm here to, to be the person that encouraged Saul to you today. Don't give up. God has you set up. Don't get your focus so much on the donkeys that you don't see where he's positioning you and putting you right where you need to be. He has a destiny and a future and good plans for you. And it just might be that you have to have some discouraging circumstance to push you into it. So what does this mean for us? First of all, 
Keep your eyes and your heart ahead. Keep looking for what He's doing. Keep listening for His direction. If you feel like the donkeys are lost and you're giving up, man, get up and pray scriptures like Proverbs 3, 5. It's probably on a little placard in your bathroom anyway. It's in everybody's bathroom. In their scriptures and seashells in everybody's bathroom. If there's not a scripture, then there's footprints. Get up and pray something like that. Keep your heart and your mind on things above, not on things below. Keep your heart and mind ahead. Lord, where are you taking me? I don't understand this. I can't find the donkeys, but you're God. So what are you doing? This is exciting. You've got something ahead that I can't see. It's like a Christmas present, and I don't know what's inside. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? Try to peek in your presence? God doesn't let us do that. Bummer. I was good at it. Secondly, be an encourager. This whole thing went the right way because Saul had somebody in his life that was willing to say, don't you give up. Come on, let's turn to God and see what he's got to say. There's people in your life that are needing you to encourage them not to give up. You be an encourager. Get involved in somebody's life that you can speak into their life. Maybe like a small group leader, and you're encouraging your small group. Maybe a ministry. Maybe you want to get involved in children's ministry. I had to throw that in because I'm the children's pastor. Maybe you want to get involved with a a preschooler or a, uh, an elementary kid and show up and say something simple to them, don't you ever quit. God loves you. God has a good plan for your life. You can trust in God. Wow, that's great preaching. You be an encourager. You may very well push somebody right into their destiny just by encouraging them. That's what happened to Saul. He was ready to go home. Doesn't take a whole lot of, a whole lot of uh, talent, and it doesn't take a whole lot of practice to be an encourager. You can do that. Third thing: trust in His plan. Trust in what He's got lined up for you. Proclaim it. And then lastly is rejoice. Rejoice. What is it James says? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face various trials. Testing, testing. I don't like that word. You can trust God. Rejoice. He has got you set up. You may be facing a desperate situation today. 
you rejoice. God has got you set up. So we're going to take time to pray tonight in response to this, this very interesting story about how the first king of Israel got anointed king. It's because he was frustrated looking for donkeys. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing that those lost donkeys were actually God's working. It's amazing. What's God working in your life? What's God doing that maybe you can't see? He's doing more than you think he's doing. He's doing more than you think he's doing. Wow, there's a prayer. God, I don't know what's going on, but you're doing more than I think you're doing. He's awesome. Come on, let's stand together. We're going to take time to pray. Minister Michael, won't you come? And we're, going to, we're going to proclaim you might need prayer tonight for a situation that you're facing. Maybe you feel like Saul, ready to throw it in and forget it. I'm going back. Not gonna, I'm, I'm done looking for the donkeys. That might be you. We're going to take time and pray tonight. We're going to respond to the word. Maybe you know somebody right now that you need to call or text tonight and say to them, don't you give up. God's working for you. I'm praying for you. Be an encourager. Praise the Lord. Minister Micah, you got a song for us? Let's take time and pray right now. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for this word. I thank you, God, for this story of Saul and Samuel and the donkeys. I thank you, God, that you have us set up and what seems like frustrating circumstance. God, you can absolutely use it for good. You can take any circumstance, no matter how frustrating or how hopeless it might seem, and you can turn it to good and use it to push us exactly where you want us to be. I thank you, God, that we can trust in you. I thank you, God, that we can count on your working, on your plan. Father, there's people here tonight that feel like Saul and they're tired of the situation and the challenge. They just want it to be over. Let's just go back already. But God, I pray right now you'd fill them full of faith that you're working on their behalf. Fill them full of faith, oh God, that if they turn to you like Saul did, they would find you're doing more than they ever thought you were. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Minister Micah to lead us in a song. And right, right there where you are, I'm going to ask you to respond to this word. Whatever it might be, God's speaking to you. Let's take a moment and visit with him. Minister Micah, you got a song for us. Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom 
shall I be afraid? Yes, I will trust in I will trust in you. Yes, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Right now, if you're if you're feeling like Saul, you want somebody to pray with you. I want to ask you to. We're going to take a moment to personally pray with you. Why don't you come meet me right up here in the front? Our pastors and ministers are here. Say, I need somebody right now to pray with me. Come on up here. We're going to sing this again. I'm going to invite you to come forward for just a moment. We're going to pray with you. You might be here tonight and you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I shared a little earlier about the lining up of all these things on God's calendar. He is shouting from the heavens, wake up, wake up, get right, the end is near. The end is near. Tonight, don't leave here uncertain of where you're going to spend eternity. Choose tonight
to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Choose tonight to no longer have to be scared of things like uh, blood moons and, and is this the end and, and wars and what's going to happen. You can leave here tonight secure, knowing where you're going to spend eternity and not have to worry what's going to happen. That, hap that takes place when you receive God's free gift of eternal life. When you invite Jesus to be the Lord of, the, of your life, He really does come and meet you. He really does come live in your life. Let's take a moment to make sure everybody here is ready to meet Jesus. Whether we have one more day or a hundred more days, whatever it might be. Let's do that tonight. I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes and let's take a moment to assess our future. A future without Jesus is a future destined for hell. Future with Jesus as the Lord of your life, no matter what happens on this planet, ends in heaven for eternity. Maybe you'd like to receive that eternal life. Whether you've never received it or maybe you want to make sure you're ready to meet God on judgment day. If you'd like to receive God's gift of eternal life, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand so I can see you right now. Yes. Yes, now's the time. Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, help me. I want to receive God's gift of eternal life. I see your hands. You can put those down. I'm going to ask you to do something very bold before we're done tonight. Very courageous. Very bold. I'm going to ask you, as Micah sings this song, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat, come right down here, and meet me by these steps right here so we can pray together. If you raised your hand, I want God's gift of eternal life. I don't want to leave here unsecure, uncertain. I'm going to invite you to meet me right here as my Minister Micah sings this song. Lord, I come meet me right here. My yes, I come. Anyone else? That's right. They're going to leave here different. Anyone else? Now's the moment. Every moment I'm Now's the time. We're going to wait one more moment. Anyone else? You know it's you because inside your, your heart will be really, really strong. Go, go down there. Go down there and go and pray. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me.
We're going to take time and pray. We're going to receive God's gift of eternal life. I'm going to invite you to pray with us. We're going to pray right here. I'm going to invite you to say this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. It doesn't have to be complicated. God hears us pray. I'm going to invite you to pray with us. Why don't we all pray together? Say it right out loud. Let's make it our prayer. Say, Dear Lord, I choose tonight to receive your gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, your Son. I believe in my heart. I say with my mouth, God raised you from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Take me to heaven to live with you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys can go with them. Take somebody by the hand. Tomorrow you might meet somebody who's tired of looking for their donkeys. You encourage them. You encourage them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this word tonight. I thank you for this time in your presence. Wow, God, your presence is like nothing else. Thank you, God, for your presence tonight. I pray for this wonderful congregation, this wonderful group that's come here to worship you tonight. Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus. Pray, God, your peace and your joy be upon them. Protect them as they go. And, Lord, once again, just before we leave together, we say, God, bring our friends this coming weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. You have a great week. I will see you on Sunday, and I will see you at early morning prayer. Hallelujah. Have a good night.